Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to 15 Minutes with Lincoln. Uh, this used to be a history and politics podcast, but now it is a podcast about screenwriting and making movies here in Tinseltown. I am one of your two hosts, Timothy Robert Dunn, a screenwriter in L.A. And I am your other host, Abraham Lincoln, 16th President of the United States, also a screenwriter in L.A. Uh, Abe, how was your week? My week was good. I was just sitting here thinking about all of the podcasts that start off with an introduction of what the podcast <laughs> used to be about. Right, right. There's so many of them. There's so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they say, hey, we completely switched kind of the hook and the format of this show, um, but stick with us. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I think it's good. I think it's good for retaining your audience. It is because the audience's retention is based off of, well, you know, their rapport with the hosts right you know less about the subject matter right you know pod save america they already saved america so they now they I, did it oh thank god thank god america got saved you know they just talk about sports gambling now i think right <laughs> i think so and they also like every fourth episode or something like that it's like a, this movie is so bad kind of podcast which is fun but they but they're able to do that now that america is saved yeah you know I wish they wouldn't step on our corner a little bit about movies because I think we have pretty much established ourselves as like the best podcast about movies in the game. It's our thing. So back up, step off. Um, we wanted Bitch. to talk. <laughs> I've been sneaking that word in lately. I know. I know. You look very cheeky like you did something wrong when you said it. <laughs> well, we spoke at the same time, so... Whenever this podcast gets edited, we'll see if it makes it in. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna make it in. Um, uh, we've uh, longtime listeners of the podcast know that Abe and I recently got some new places that we've been living at, um, and they're they're nice, they're very cool, but they're it's a very lot cool. Of sp- oh, they're they are, so cool. They're absolutely like the cool place to be in town. And they are abandoned improv theaters, specifically the I.O. West and one of the UCBs that got shut down. I can't remember. Anyways, um, that being said, they are little just a little life update. They become a lot of space for one person. So Abe and I talked about it, and I decided to move into one of the rehearsal rooms in Abe's place, which is very nice of him. Thank you for thank you for letting me me move it. Of course, it's my pleasure. But then we've got this, some would say unused, others would say abandoned, sometimes with like animals running around, uh, abandoned improv theater. And Abe and I thought like, let's turn this into a business opportunity. And so it's a little, I guess it's not quite screenwriting, but we're doing something a little bit different this episode where we, we're letting you have a little uh, peek behind the curtain and into one of our business ventures because we're uh we're gonna do an escape room with it and escape rooms are pretty hot right now uh, yeah covid yeah. is done covid's done you can be inside and have to escape things again and that's not gonna change right the mask mandates are coming off thank god yeah the truckers have really won they've picked the perfect time and they just <laughs> made their points and right. we've all listened yeah so that means 
thank you truckers for reopening escape rooms across this country because Thanks, i think truckers. it's gonna be a huge boom for tim and abe we have to do this for a couple of reasons one we've eaten all of the food that we had access to right in the freezers and the and, and this was improv theater food so it was like you know those big packs of small chips that you would have like when you were a kid and your mom would put them in uh, your lunch. It's a lot of those um, dented sodas, uh, alcohol, of course. Um, and then kind of below like DiGiorno pizza level pizzas. Am I missing anything, Abe? No, there were some corn dogs, some big pretzels. Yeah. Some nacho cheese. Right. Anyway, we decided, you know, we have all these assets right now, but we're not very liquid. And it seems like in Hollywood, uh, you need to be able to, you know, sometimes you have to self-finance yourself a little bit while you're waiting for the paychecks to come in. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was a millionaire before he was even in a movie from his uh, bricklaying business. So I I did not know that. Good for Arnold. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Franco uh, Colombo, they had their uh, bricklaying business, and they would, uh, yeah, they they made tons of money. And I'm thinking that's what we need, Timothy. If we have all that money behind us, then it's going to be even easier to make it out here in Los Angeles. That's right. And we've tried other things like, you know, when, uh, <clears throat> when Marvel took out a loan to make Iron Man, they put up the rights to their characters. Um uh, and and if the movie had failed, they would have lost the rights to those characters. We kind of tried that with a local um, checks cash place. We went in and said, you know, if you give us $20,000, you can have the rights to this screenplay. The lady there wasn't... Am I remembering this wrong? The lady there wasn't nice or, like, very receptive to that. On Like, bargain for her. Like, deal. She wouldn't even hear it. <clears throat> no. She she kept saying stuff like, we don't do this, or I, I don't know if I can make this call or if anyone would want to make this call. And we said, we'll read it. And we slammed the, you know, 150-page uh, screenplay on there. There were people behind us in line. And we were like, just read it. And she said, I can't read it. And then she, like, she read the first two pages and was like, guys, I can't keep doing this. And we said, listen— Everyone knows, if the, you know, you're not supposed to get hooked by the first few pages of a screenplay. Right. It's supposed to take a, you know, a couple dozen pages. And so yeah. we told everyone at the back of the line just to cool out a second. It's told only everyone to pages. shut up. It's only yeah. going to take her like 150 minutes to read it. And everyone yeah. just needs to relax because we could cut them in on it as well. But they did not want to hear that. These people were really. Just, and I thought a good a good compromise would we'd be like. Hey, lady at the checks cash place. I can't remember her name, but I did keep calling her that. Um, just read it out loud because then everyone will be entertained for these two and a half hours. Uh, again, she wasn't game. These rude people got ruder and ruder every time we yeah. had a good idea. And I just, they act like they aren't in Hollywood, the place of dreams coming true. Right. I just, I'm, I'm, I was just still blown away. So we did what we always did. We left with our heads held up high and then we plastered copies of the screenplay all over what the, everyone's cars at the parking lot right. because we have so many yeah. copies of our pages because that's what we do invest in is mm-hmm. printing they they right. love us the place that they're actually nice to us at is the kinkos they're really nice to us at kinkos <laughs> right yeah they love us there 
Yeah. Um, they even once I have their kick goes like, oh, you guys are the guys who chased down Jamie Foxx and handed him copies of screenplays. You know, they know right. us is like that. So they're like, hey, I one guy there was like, I think I saw Colin Hanks, you know, and we said, what? Colin Hanks, the star of Orange County? And they said, yeah, yeah Colin Hanks. And we said, well, and we- at this point, because I don't quite remember the rest of this, because I had started sprinting in the general direction when he said, I saw Colin Hanks. And then I had to come back and be like, where? Yeah. Yeah. And they, the person working at Kinko's was like, yeah, yeah, just around the corner, just on the street here. You know, do you guys have anything to bring to him? We're like, no, we don't. So we had to put down some cash. And then we, by the time we printed the pages, he, we didn't yeah. find him. But right. I appreciate the guy at Kinko's trying to help us. So all that is to say, we're trying to make money again, and um, we kind of kicked around a lot of ideas for escape rooms, but it just felt like it would take a lot of money to, like, transform the space into, like, a spaceship or, like, a bank or, like, a casino. So we just thought, let's do this with the resources that we have available, and so we're doing an improv escape room. So um, first thing I want people to know is that it's a long one. It is a long escape room. You, normally, these are like forty-five minutes, maybe an hour. We don't. We haven't quite found what the full run length is of this one. We'll nail it down at some point, but just know that it's it's long. Yeah, it's about as long as an actual improv rehearsal. So that yes, should give correct. you an idea of how long it is <laughs> for those of the know. So the premise is that you are your. You put this off for weeks. You kept telling your coworker that you had something else going on, that you were busy, you had, you know, a new kid, a homework, all these excuses that dried up. And now you have to actually go see a coworker's improv show. And That's right. You have to stay long enough for you to get credit for actually going. So you would think, oh, okay, well, how long is that? It's like, well, that's what the trick is, is it could be a really long time for you to actually give somebody your coworker who is desperate for validation enough affirmation that they give you some sort of credit for coming out to support their improv. Yeah. So you get to the escape room and we ask you if you reserved a ticket online or not. And you, because it's improv assumed no. And you were right. There's plenty of seats. That's not a problem, but we do ask you for $23 and we also ask, what show are you here to see? And right. this is the first riddle in the escape room. because And you're, you, yeah, your instinct is to say, like, Carl, a guy from my work. But that's not but it. That's that's not helpful because the person working the front desk, they do not know who no. Carl is. The person at the front desk also doesn't really like improv that much. It just seems like a job they fell into. Maybe they knew someone or they were dating someone. And, you know, they're clearly looking for something else, but it's not working right now. But it seems like that person might be kind of theater adjacent because they're wearing a fedora. (laughs) You know, classic improv uh, ticket keeper fedora. And they'll talk to you about Brecht plays or whatever, but you don't want to do... And this is just an insider thing. Don't get started on talking to them about Brecht plays or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that, this is a... Because you're our audience and we appreciate you, we don't want you wasting your time getting sucked no. into like this conversation with the um, ticket person. The ticket so person. the first riddle is you got to figure out um, who, what show are you seeing? And so the ticket person, he's going to spill like a box of clues. You're going to have to put together some sort of puzzle that tells you the name right. of the improv team. 
it's probably going to be something crazy, like nothing to do with Carl, but it'll be something like, you know, the cosmonauts banana pants. It'll either it'll either be really potential, but uh, uh, pretentious, like um, you know, the the aesthetic or um, the arbiters, or or it'll be something like um, fart castle. So those are kind of the t- yeah. It, so just think, of, just keep that in mind. So you you say what uh, show are you here to see? You finally figure it out. Um, the ticket booth person says, "Oh, you know what? We have a comp in your name. I just found it. You get to go in. You don't have to pay the twenty three dollars." Then you go into the theater, and there are four people seemingly that date the people on stage seated uh, uh, throughout the seats. And you have to decide where to sit. So it's not going to be easy because you don't want to sit. You want to sit somewhere where Carl's going to give you credit for coming. And it's all about earning Carl credit at this point. Yeah. However, you don't want to sit too close because you don't want to be called on to give suggestions or be pulled. You don't want to be involved in any way, really. So you've got to strike that balance. Also, um, the people in the stands like who are sitting there, they're not going to want to make conversation with you because they're... They're awkward. They're improvisers themselves. So don't even try or make sure you don't have to like sit someplace where you have to ask them to move or to like squeeze by them or anything. It's not a good idea. You are, you also have to be careful not to sit by the one student that is in uh, the audience. Otherwise they will want to talk to you and your character dies. I'm just letting you know right now, your character dies. If you sit by the student and you hear them talk and, and start a conversation about improv with them. Yeah, you die as soon as that student pulls out a notebook. Right, you're, that, you're dead. So it's, it's not a vi- it's not a violent escaper, but you will die if you talk to the improv student. Yeah. So the show starts, and you look, and Carl's not out there. It's another no. group of people who are wearing jeans and button up shirts, and they're jumping around. And but they and, all kind of look like Carl, just in terms of like. How well they dress and, um, you know, their emotional state. They look kind of either depressed or very anxious. So we've got 11 depressed and anxious people. They're going to do a show for like 20, 25 minutes. An actual show you have to watch and you have to listen yep. for clues. Right. You do not have to laugh. Let's be very clear. You do not have to laugh at the improv, but you do need to pay attention for clues. So then that they're done. And then another yeah. team comes out. It's the same thing. 25 minutes. You have to watch that for clues. Correct. Yeah. And then Carl's team is going to come out. Yeah. Carl's team comes out and they say, could we get a volunteer from the audience? Now, th- we did give you instructions to seat yourself at a place where you would not be involved. However, no one else will volunteer. Not another person in the room will volunteer. And it's up to you. At a certain point, if you just wait, Carl will look at you and kind of be like, please, please, can you just volunteer for this? And then you got to decide. So just a little spoiler alert. If you do end up giving in to Carl's kind of pressure, you're going to throw Carl off his game, according to him. And he's going to keep mentioning after the show how he had kind of an off show because it was weird having to improvise with someone he knew from work and he felt self-conscious and he'll say it's not your fault but it is your fault and then 
you basically go back to square one and you're gonna have to come back to another improv show to make him redeem himself so he can have a good show in front of you because that's really what it's about so just fair warning don't give in make them choose the student even though the student says knows that the student's not supposed to be involved the student's eventually but the student have to will, give in. the student will do it and they just won't mention that they were a class all day yes because they'll, yeah. they'll say they were at work or they'll say something else that's and then they're you know it'll be a whole thing so right then they're going to do a, a thing and it's going to be with all three teams and yeah. it'll be done and you'll be like okay that was all right not too long okay i'm out of here nope that wasn't carl's show that was just the warm-up to carl's show right now there might be a little intermission before carl's show uh, and this is the point where abe and i have kind of disagreed about what should happen i think that a character called the puzzler should show up on a video screen and say there's a bomb planted in the improv theater and if you don't answer my riddles five i'm going to explode abe abe thinks we should kind of focus back on what we've been doing at this point still up in the air i like both ideas the problem with the puzzler thing tim is i think that the audience at this point will be like oh i'll call your bluff i want to watch this world burn you think at this point the audience member will want to die i worry about yeah. that yeah <laughs> you know what that's valid because then we're just wasting everybody's time if they're just waiting for the puzzler to detonate the bomb so that's instead fair. i think i think we need to use this as an opportunity to really bilk our our escape room people and make them take uh you know pass at the bar really charge them up because we'll tell them like hey if you're drunk everyone will think will be funnier and you'll have a better time yeah this is good for groups. Like if you're from a like a if your job wants to come to this corporate room, stuff, oh yeah, you're all here to support Carl. All right, so then Birth, veg- birthday parties, bachelor party, like any of that stuff. Bachelor parties, especially. You take yeah. a guy who's about to get married and say, "We got you an improv escape room." He's gonna love it. He will, almost as much as he loves his wife. So we'll <laughs> we'll then uh, uh, resume. Carl will have a show. Yeah. And now here's the thing. You're going to have to watch for trick, like for, for more um, uh, like kind of puzzles. But really, two things. Watch the show so you have something to talk about with about the show. But right. then two, watch for what Carl does. You're going to have to watch really closely. Now, Carl's going to be – there's going to be 11 people on stage with him. He's not going to come – he's going to be on the sides a lot doing right. a lot of like whooshing and like swirling Maybe do some, like, maybe do a tag-in or something like that. But, yeah, he's – and he's looking at you for some reason. Like, he keeps looking at you and your reaction to see if you're having a good time. I really want you to just focus on not looking at him during those moments. Yeah, look for the clues. Yeah. The show's over. They take a bow. They tell you you can sign up for classes. They tell you, um, you know, tell your friends, spread, spread the word. You don't have to do any of that. Right. What you do have to do is wait for Carl so you can have this conversation with him because this is the crux of the escape It's room. all been leading up to this, okay? Here's something you should keep in mind. There are two or three people, maybe four, that were way funnier than Carl in the show. You cannot... Well, I don't want to... This is the tough part. I, I, it's tough to... Whether we should spoil it for him, Abe. No, we should I would spoil. just say... Okay, so you can't say wow, that person's really funny, or Carl will think, I suck at improv, or I'm the worst person on my team. 
And he'll even say stuff like that to you if you compliment anyone other than Carl. And that'll be bad for Carl because that'll ultimately lead him to do more improv, which we don't want to happen. No, no. So don't comment on anybody else, which is going to be hard because, again, Carl didn't do much. Now, you're going to have to sit and wait at the bar for like the sh- his show was like 20, 25 minutes. You're going to have to yep. wait for like 30, 35 as he's getting notes from his coach about the show. Right. Yeah, and so, another show will start in the meantime, and you have to watch the first act of the next show, and it is largely what you saw in the previous show. Um, but Carl will eventually kind of like quietly come up and take you out into a hallway. Right. Now, before that, make sure that you, you know, don't get sucked into too many conversations with people at the bar because there'll be a lot of different characters here that are ultimately red herrings and want to make you forget the clues or the things that you tried to remember from the show. So that'll include... The improv student who wants to talk about the form that the team performed. You don't want to talk to the improv teacher because they are some sort of, you know, predator of some kind that is looking. A performer. Yeah. A performer who says, hey, do you like your agent or manager? Uh, Ignore this person. They don't have an agent or manager and they just want you to get them yours if you have one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Finally, Carl comes out. He 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 leads you outside, and that's where everything leads up to. You got to have this conversation. And I feel like we've given you enough clues. It's like what you should do. You should make sure you say like, you know, talk about you, you, you. Don't talk about the team. Don't say that was fun. Right. Make sure you tell him how funny he was and how, um, you know, I can't believe you can do this. That's so amazing you can do this. And say that you really like Carl's characters even though they were really just barely different versions of him and he didn't really put in any kind of effort uh, into changing his physicality or his voice or anything but use the word character to make him feel good right but don't lean too much into that because he'll see through eventually like you're just trying to butter him up because you know he knows that he didn't even like he'll say something like but i didn't even change my physicality then you'll be like okay don't go down this path (laughs) right He's going to say, do you think it all came together in the end? You have to say yes at that point. Any other answer will send Carl into a two or three day depressive episode. And like, it's just going to be tougher for you at work the next few days. Not that you go to work in the next, um, in the rest of the escape room. But um, yeah, it's, it's just better for Carl that way. That would be good though if like the if the escape room got added time you had to go it's to It's making like a... me think we should he should go to the the person should go to work the next day and have to check in again about the show. Cuz there's like this whole office space here at the improv theaters we could make them like you have to sit down at the desk you have to talk to Carl about like hey when's your next show all these things. Right. Yeah. But Carl asks now that I'm the... yeah. Oh go ahead. Oh I, I was just thinking like maybe we should have them stay the night and then they keep getting texts from Carl throughout the night being like hey thanks so much for coming you really liked it yeah like stuff like that and Carl's going to be fishing for compliments so you're going to have to make sure you really you know take the bait yeah there is going to be a poster for like um SNL auditions um in 2 weeks get your characters ready do not ask Carl about this because um he sent an email about it and he did not get a response. So again, spoiler, but like I want you to have the best time in this escape room. And don't don't bring it up. Yeah. So a lot of puzzles, but 
That's what escape rooms are all about, you know? Yeah. I guess thinking about it now, there really only is one way to die in ours. It's just the student. It's just like, it just becomes about your friend Carl from work. Well, friend. Carl from work and um, his mental health. So, yeah. Folks, we, we're going to be opening it up, um, what, like this weekend? I think we're ready. I, I still we got to figure out this puzzler thing. I still think it could be cool, but you're making some good points. I think yeah, we know a lot of folks who are willing to work in this escape room, like to play <laughs> versions of themselves, and they also Correct. are, you know, we well, I guess they're not working because we're not really paying the money, but we are giving them exposure. They get to do improv for everyone who comes right. into the escape rooms. So, you know, maybe they'll get an agent out of this. Yeah, and if you are an agent, please come see the improv escape room um yeah i just tell us you're an agent so that we make sure we don't just keep you know putting you through all the puzzles right 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 we'd love to talk to you about stuff if you're an agent that would be amazing yeah 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 we'll talk to you so just yeah say you're an agent if you are an agent if you're not an agent yeah you have to play so don't say you're an agent just so you don't have to play you are (laughs) only an agent if you are an agent yeah so there you go. That's what we've been working on the past week. It's our uh, it's our improv escape room, and we think it's our ticket to you know making some serious money out here in L.A. Um, Abe, any last thoughts? Not for you, just for uh, Colin Hanks. I really wish I would uh, run into him, and <laughs> I think we could really do something great, folks. If you want to reserve tickets to the improv escape room, or if you have any thoughts on the puzzler, <laughs> Abe ke- <laughs> and Abe did say. Is that just the Riddler, but you couldn't think of, like, a more clever name than the Puzzler? And I, I just disagree. I think it's a a puzzle. His name's a Puzzler, and he has a suit with Jigsaw puzzles all over it. Why don't we just call him gonna... Jigsaw? Yeah, that's good, too. If you have any thoughts on Puzzler slash Jigsaw, email us at 15minuteslinkin at gmail.com. That's numerical 15minuteslinkin at gmail.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And please, come to our improv escape room. Folks, oh, Abe, were you going to say something? Well, I just want to tell listeners, you better tune in, because speaking of the Riddler, next week, we got a brand new Batman movie we get to review. (laughs) That's right. Folks, we'll see you next time on 15 Minutes with Lincoln. 